Part 2 of The Life of St. Anthony by St. Athanasius. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. 8. Thus tightening his hold upon himself, Anthony departed to the tombs, which happened to be at a distance from the village, and having bid one of his acquaintances to bring him bread, at intervals of many days he entered one of the tombs and the other having shut the door on him he remained within alone and when the enemy could not endure it but was even fearful that in a short time anthony would fill the desert with a discipline coming one night was a multitude of demons he so cut him with stripes that he lay on the ground speechless from the excessive pain for he affirmed that the torture had been so excessive that no blows inflicted by men could ever have caused him such torment. But by the providence of God, for the Lord never overlooks them that hope in him, the next day his acquaintance came bringing him the loaves, and having opened the door, and seeing him lying on the ground as though dead, he lifted him up, and carried him to the church in the village, and laid him upon the ground, and many of his king's folk and the villagers sat around Anthony as around a corpse. But about midnight he came to himself and arose, and when he saw them all asleep, and his comrade alone watching, he motioned with his head for him to approach, and asked him to carry him again to the tombs, without waking anybody. 9. He was carried therefore by the man, and as he was wont, when the door was shut, he was within alone, and he could not stand up on account of the blows. But he prayed as he lay, and after he had prayed, he said with a shout, here am I, Anthony, I flee not from your stripes, for even if you inflict more, nothing shall separate you from the love of Christ. And then he sang, Though a camp be set against me, my heart shall not be afraid. These were the thoughts and words of this ascetic. But the enemy who hates good, marveling that after the blows he dared to return, called together his hounds and burst forth. You see, said he, that neither by the spirit of lust nor by blows did we stay the man, but that he braves us. Let us attack him in another fashion. But changes of form for evil are easy for the devil. So in the night they made such a din that the whole of that place seemed to be shaken by an earthquake, and the demons, as if breaking the four walls of the dwelling, seemed to enter through them, coming in the likeness of beasts and creeping things. And the place was on a sudden filled with the forms of lions, bears, leopards, bulls, serpents, asps, scorpions, and wolves. And each of them was moving according to his nature. The lion was roaring, wishing to attack, the bull seeming to toss with its horns, the serpent writhing but unable to approach, and the wolf as it rushed on was restrained. Altogether the noises of the apparitions, with their angry ragings, were dreadful. But Anthony, stricken and goaded by them, felt bodily pain severer still he lay watching however with unshaken soul groaning from bodily anguish but his mind was clear and as in mockery he said if there had been any power in you it would have sufficed had one of you come but since the lord has made you weak you attempt to terrify me by numbers and a proof of your weakness is that you take the shapes of brute beasts and again with boldness he said if you are able and have received power against me Delay not to attack, but if you are unable, why trouble me in vain? 
for faith in our Lord is a seal and a wall of safety to us. So after many attempts, they gnashed their teeth upon him, because they were mocking themselves rather than him. 10. Nor was the Lord then forgetful of Anthony's wrestling, but was at hand to help him. So looking up, he saw the roof as it were opened, and a ray of light descending to him. The demon suddenly vanished, and the pain of his body straightway ceased, and the building was again whole. But Anthony, feeling the help, and getting his breath again, and being freed from pain, besought the vision which had appeared to him, saying, Where wert thou? Why didst thou not appear at the beginning to make my pains to cease? And a voice came to him, Anthony, I was here, but I waited to see thy fight. Wherefore, since thou hast endured and hast not been worsted, I will ever be a succor to thee, and will make thy name known everywhere. Having heard this, Anthony arose and prayed, and received such strength that he perceived that he had more power in his body than formerly and he was then about thirty-five years old. 11. And on the day following, he went forth, still more eagerly bent on the service of God, and having fallen in with the old man he had met previously, he asked him to dwell with him in the desert. But when the other declined on account of his great age, and because as yet there was no such custom, Anthony himself set off forthwith to the mountain. And yet again the enemy, seeing his zeal, and wishing to hinder it, eastened his way what seemed to be a great silver dish. But Anthony, seeing the guile of the evil one, stood, and having looked on the dish, he put the devil in it to shame, saying, Whence comes a dish in the desert? This road is not well worn, nor is there here a trace of any wayfarer. It could not have fallen without being missed on account of its size. And he who had lost it, having turned back to seek it, would have found it, for it is a desert place. This is some while of the devil. O thou evil one, not with this shalt thou hinder my purpose. Let it go with thee to destruction. And when Anthony had said this, it vanished like smoke from the face of fire. 12. Then again, as he went on, he saw what was this time not visionary, but real gold scattered in the way. But whether the devil showed it, or some better power to try the athlete, and show the evil one that Anthony truly cared not for money, neither he told, nor do we know, but it is certain that that which appeared was gold, and Anthony marveled at the quantity, but passed it by as though he were going over fire, so he did not even turn, then hurried on at a run to lose sight of the place. More and more confirmed in his purpose, he hurried to the mountain, and having found the fort, so long deserted that it was full of creeping things on the other side of the river, he crossed over to it and dwelt there. The reptiles, as though someone were chasing them, immediately left the place. But he built up the entrance completely, having stored up loaves for six months. This is a custom of the Thebans, and the loaves often remain fresh a whole year. And as he found water within, he descended as into a shrine, and abode within by himself never going forth nor looking at anyone who came. Thus he employed a long time training himself, and received loaves, let down from above twice in the year. 13. But those of his acquaintances who came, since he did not permit them to enter, often used to spend days and nights outside, 
and heard as it were crowds within clamoring dining sending forth piteous voices and crying go from what is ours what dost thou even in the desert thou canst not abide our attack so at first those outside thought there were some men fighting with him and that they had entered by ladders but when stooping down they saw through a hole there was nobody they were afraid accounting them to be demons and they called on anthony them he quickly heard though he had not given a thought to the demons and coming to the door he besought them to depart and not to be afraid for thus he said the demons make their seeming onslaught against those who are cowardly sign yourselves therefore with a cross and depart boldly and let these make sport for themselves so they departed fortified with the sign of the cross but he remained in no wise harmed by the evil spirits nor was he wearied with the contest for there came to his aid visions from above and the weakness of the foe relieved him of much trouble and armed him with great zeal for his acquaintances used often to come expecting to find him dead and would hear him singing let god arise and let his enemies be scattered let them also that hate him flee before his face as smoke vanishes let them vanish as wax melteth before the face of fire so let the sinners perish from the face of god and again all nations compassed me about and in the name of the lord i requited them 14 and so for nearly twenty years he continued training himself in solitude never going forth but seldom seen by any after this when many were eager and wishful to imitate his discipline and his acquaintances came and began to cast down and wrench off the door by force anthony as from a shrine came forth initiated in the mysteries and filled with the spirit of god then for the first time he was seen outside the fort by those who came to see him and they when they saw him wondered at the sight for he had the same habit of body as before and was neither fat like a man without exercise nor lean from fasting and striving with the demons but he was just the same as they had known him before his retirement and again his soul was free from blemish for it was neither contracted as if by grief nor relaxed by pleasure nor possessed by laughter or dejection for he was not troubled when he beheld the crowd nor overjoyed at being saluted by so many but he was altogether even as being guided by reason and abiding in a natural state through him the lord healed the bodily ailments of many present and cleansed others from evil spirits and he gave grace to antony in speaking so that he consoled many that were sorrowful and set those at variance at one exhorting all to prefer the love of christ before all that is in the world and while he exhorted and advised them to remember the good things to come and the loving kindness of god toward us who spared not his own son but delivered him up for us all he persuaded many to embrace the solitary life and thus it happened in the end that cells arose even in the mountains and the desert was colonized by monks who came forth from their own people and enrolled themselves for the citizenship in the heavens 15 but when he was obliged to cross the arsenoitic canal and the occasion of it was the visitation of the brethren the canal was full of crocodiles and by simply praying he entered it and all they was him and passed over in safety and having returned to his seal he applied himself to the same noble and valiant exercises and by frequent conversation 
he increased the eagerness of those already monks, stirred up in most of the rest the love of the discipline, and speedily by the attraction of his words cells multiplied, and he directed them all as a father. 16. One day, when he had gone forth because all the monks had assembled to him, and asked to hear words from him, he spoke to them in the Egyptian tongue as follows. The scriptures are enough for instruction, but it is a good thing to encourage one another in the face, and to stir up with words. Wherefore, you as children, carry that which you know to your father, and I as the elder, share my knowledge and what experience has taught me with you. Let this especially be the common aim of all. Neither to give way having once begun, nor to faint in trouble, nor to say, we have lived in the discipline a long time, but rather, as though making a beginning daily, let us increase our earnestness. For the whole life of man is very short, measured by the ages to come. Wherefore, all our time is nothing compared with eternal life. And in the world, everything is sold at its price, and a man exchanges one equivalent for another. But the promise of eternal life is bought for a trifle. For it is written, the days of our life in them are threescore years and ten. But if they are in strength, fourscore years, and what is more than these is labor and sorrow. Whenever, therefore, we live full, fourscore years, or even a hundred in the discipline, not for a hundred years only shall we reign, but instead of a hundred we shall reign for ever and ever. And though we fought on earth, we shall not receive our inheritance on earth. But we have the promises in heaven, and having put off the body, which is corrupt, we shall receive it incorrupt. 17. Wherefore, children, let us not faint, nor deem that the time is long, or that we are doing something great, for the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed to us word. Nor let us think, as we look at the world, that we have renounced anything of much consequence, for the whole earth is very small compared with all the heaven. Wherefore, if it even chance that we were lords of all the earth and gave it all up, it would be not worthy of comparison with the kingdom of heaven. For as if a man should despise a copper drachma to gain a hundred drachmas of gold, for if a man were lord of all the earth and were to renounce it, that which he gives up is little, and he receives a hundredfold. But if not even the whole earth is equal in value to the heavens, then he who has given up a few acres leaves as it were nothing. And even if he had given up a house or much gold, he ought not to boast nor be low-spirited. Further, we should consider that even if we do not relinquish them for virtue's sake, still afterwards, when we die, we shall leave them behind, very often, as the preacher says, to those to whom we do not wish. Why then should we not give them up for virtue's sake, that we may inherit even a kingdom? Therefore, let the desire of possession take hold of no one. For what gain is it to acquire these things which we cannot take with us? Why not rather get those things which we can take away with us, to wit, prudence, justice, temperance, courage, understanding, love, kindness to the poor, faith in Christ, freedom from wrath, hospitality. If we possess these, we shall find them of themselves preparing for us a welcome there in the land of the meek-hearted. 18. And so, from such things, let a man persuade himself not to make light of it, especially if he considers that he himself is a servant of the Lord and ought to serve his master. Wherefore, as a servant would not dare to say, because I worked yesterday, I will not work today, and considering the past, will do no work in the future, 
but as it is written in the gospel daily shows the same readiness to please his master and to avoid risk so let us daily abide firm in our discipline knowing that if we are careless for a single day the lord will not pardon us for the sake of the past but will be wrath against us for our neglect as also we have heard in ezekiel and as judas because of one night destroyed his previous labor 19 wherefore children let us hold fast our discipline and let us not be careless for in it the lord is our fellow worker as it is written to all that choose the good god worketh with them for good and to avoid being heedless it is good to consider the word of the apostle i die daily for if we too live as though dying daily we shall not sin and the meaning of that saying is that as we rise day by day we should think that we shall not abide till evening and again when about to lie down to sleep we should think that we shall not rise up for our life is naturally uncertain and providence allots it to us daily but thus ordering our daily life we shall neither fall into sin nor have a lust for anything nor cherish wrath against any nor shall we heap up treasure upon earth but as though under the daily exception of death we shall be without wealth and shall forgive all things to all men nor shall we retain at all the desire of women or of any other foul pleasure but we shall turn from it as past and gone ever striving and looking forward to the day of judgment for the greater dread and danger of torment ever destroys the ease of pleasure and sets up the soul if it is like to fall 20 wherefore having already begun and set out in the way of virtue let us strive the more that we may attain those things that are before and let no one turn to the things behind like lot's wife all the more so that the lord has said no man having put his hand to the plough and turning back is fit for the kingdom of heaven and this turning back is not else but to feel regret and to be once more worldly minded but fear not to hear of virtue nor be astonished at the name for it is not far from us nor is it without ourselves but it is within us and is easy if only we are willing that they may get knowledge the greeks live abroad and cross the sea but we have no need to depart from home for the sake of the kingdom of heaven nor to cross the sea for the sake of virtue for the lord aforetime has said the kingdom of heaven is within you wherefore virtue has need at our hands of willingness alone since it is in us and is formed from us for when the soul has its spiritual faculty in the natural state virtue is formed and it is in a natural state when it remains as it came into existence and when it came into existence it was fair and exceeding honest for this cause joshua the son of nun in his exhortation said to the people make straight your heart unto the lord god of israel and john make your path straight for rectitude of soul consists in its having its spiritual part in its natural state as created but on the other hand when it swerves and turns away from its natural state that is called vice of the soul thus the matter is not difficult if we abide as we have been made we are in a state of virtue but if we think of ignoble things we shall be accounted evil if therefore this thing had to be acquitted from without it would be difficult in reality but if it is in us let us keep ourselves from foul thoughts and as we have received the soul as a deposit let us preserve it for the lord that he may recognize his work as being the same 
as he made it. End of part two.